Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique well-being solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Susie Bolt. Susie has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as a yoga teacher, as an NLP master practitioner, as the founder of 360 Mind Body Soul, the founder of the Fern Program, and the founder of 42 Blue. So Susie, thank you so much for talking with me today. You are very welcome. It's very nice to be here. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Susie. You're so welcome. And Susie, can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here? <laughs> um, well, I my original training, so I'm not going to go too far back, but you know, I originally trained as a choreographer and worked probably in that area for around eight to nine years, but realized that everything that was important to me transformation and helping others to become a kind of fuller, better, happier version of themselves. And I would get a little bit of that in theater work that I did, um, particularly in large community projects, but actually it wasn't enough. So I stepped out of that and moved into some training work with a business and brand collaboration that used people from all sorts of different backgrounds. Yeah, I knew that that was the direction that I wanted to go in but probably a little bit more down uh, a kind of well-being route. So I'd started teaching yoga in my mid-20s, kind of by accident, but you know, I, I kind of think nothing is by accident in life, um, and trained as an Iyengar yoga teacher. And I've, I'd been sort of loving the transformation that came along with that. And I did quite a lot of corporate classes. And so, you know, I'd go into... Somerset House, the Inland Revenue, uh, sent a place in, in central London and see all these people who'd been doing their very desk bound work come down and they'd go, oh, we just feel so great after doing this class. And that the best high ever. Um, better than perhaps even seeing, you know, my creative work on stage or, um, you know, that. so for me, I just knew I'm really aligned in this place. I'd had some really interesting work done uh, for myself, using NLP again in my mid twenties. Well, what's my purpose? I can. I think it's quite a common thing to get to your mid twenties and go, well, why, "Why am I here? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing?" Training in NLP was something that I was really going to to have to do at some point in my life. So I think in my thirties I started that and trained up through to my master practitioner. Um, and then realized, oh, there's a bit of a theme between all the things that I'm really loving in the work that I do. And so I, I sort of set off on my own really doing pretty much any work that, that would call to me. And I, I did a lot of um, leadership development work. I ended up there, I'm not quite even sure how. I did a lot of facilitation, I ended up doing leadership work, particularly with um, the university sector and worked with Oxford University, Edinburgh University, Sussex, all sorts of different unis. But really bringing a kind of a conscious, a conscious well-being approach to how people worked together and how people thought about the, the tasks that were on their, their sort of horizons, really. Um, and so I've kind of, I've always been doing all sorts of bits and pieces, uh, run retreats, run workshops. And I was aware that I had a very scattered modular career some would call it and then covid kicked in <laughs> and obviously you know like many people i was self-employed and all of my work was people facing so i even taught yoga here in my house i had a beautiful studio in in the attic that people came to that all stopped overnight all of my training all of my retreats all of that stopped overnight and it was actually quite an exciting time for me because I went, oh, wow, I have to be massively creative right now if I'm going to earn a penny. <laughs> and so overnight, I set up um, an online platform, which I called the uh, 360 Mind, Body, Soul, because I knew that, you know, we hadn't even gone into lockdown at that point. But I knew we're going to need access to exercise, to our yoga, to 
if I could get together to put online, I would do that really quickly. And because I was familiar with working with Zoom, because uh, I have some clients in, I had some clients in different countries that I used to work with via Zoom, I thought, I bet we could do this by Zoom. So I literally set up what is essentially an online gym and mental well-being pit stop, put it overnight. So once the doors were locked and everyone was shut in their houses back in the end of March 2020, I was already at speed getting, you know, a lot of people in through our virtual doors and kind of having fun with it. It was great. I was really alive in that moment. And you were way ahead of the posse, Susie. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that was because I was familiar with Zoom, but also, you know, I am and always have been someone that takes adversity as an opportunity. Yeah. And that's kind of shaped my career. You know, I've never had um, a full-time employed job. I've always been someone that goes, oh, how about doing this? Oh, I've got an idea. I'm going to do that. Oh, and then I'll just do it. You like a challenge. I love a challenge. Yeah. And I love the opportunity to be creative, particularly in business. Um and I think, you know, for me, it was a time of huge, you know, reinvention. And, and yeah, it was really, I mean, it was stressful, right? But it was also incredibly exciting for me at that point. <laughs> because then, of course, a week later, I felt ill in a way that I'd not felt ill. <laughs> this doesn't bode well. Um, and I, you know, obviously, we didn't have a test. There was no tests available. You weren't even really allowed to call for help if things were getting, you know, bad, if you could breathe. Um, and so I made an assumption this has to be COVID. Uh, even though I didn't have a cough and I didn't have shortness of breath, I had a whole bunch of other stuff going on that was so strange and so sort of intense. When I spoke to my GP finally, he said, yeah, probably it's COVID. But let's rule out cancer. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, that was that was just a new twist in the tale, I think. But that sort of began to change the shape of everything that happened in my life from there on in. And, you know, I look back at that moment and I, you know, at the time it was pretty strange and at times quite scary. And, you know, the whole journey, I'm sure we can go into it. But there's never a point where I think that that wasn't supposed to happen to me. Yeah. Um, and I know you've had your own COVID journey. You've been on a long COVID recovery journey too. And, you know, just before we started this interview, you said you've learned so much. Yeah. There's gratitude for that. And I really understand that because I don't think I've ever been more grateful for getting sick in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's been, that's been the kind of, you know, prior to, uh, prior to what happened next and and I suppose yeah I went on to to begin to work out how to recover once I'd got about as sick as I ever wanted to get in my life and I was given as many people are the all clear from you know hospital we can't find anything that we can help you with they said but we think you'll probably get better um and I think, you know, for many people, and I always say this, some people can find that a really demotivating point because they've never been. And they're told by, you know, their, their care providers, we can't help you. We can't find anything wrong. I think some people mistakenly in the, in the health world say, and therefore there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. I think that's a huge mistake. Um, but, you know, for me, I just went, okay, knowing that there's nothing that they can offer me, then I guess it's in my hands. So what am I going to do? And um, I set up a Facebook group. I think I had gone online to find out about other kinds of symptoms that mm. people could have as part of their COVID infection. It's not all about the cough, I realized quite quickly. Um, but of course, that was all that was being covered on our media channels. And so, you know, for me, I was just, I needed reassurance that this was happening to others. And sure enough, you know, you find a Facebook group or seven and you realize, oh, this is happening to lots of others. Okay. So that was really useful for me. Um, and then I was also reading, of course, about all of the, the drama, the trauma, the upset, the grief, the loss, and, you know, people were dying in their thousands 
back when and it was being discussed in the social media groups you know by loved ones by people who were in hospital and it was it was really hard reading I have to say um so once I'd come out the other side of my hospital uh interaction I knew I probably needed to shift my attention away from reading about how bad it can get to to help myself to move into yeah, on, on the solution on the solutions exactly yeah so what are we going to do about it yeah is standing here in a room with all of you on facebook and going oh my god we're all so ill yes i'm ill yes you're ill oh my god you have something even more scary than me you know we're not whilst it's useful uh to kind of normalize it it's not helping us calm and yeah. find a place for the body to shift into that ability to heal you know we need to be safe and grounded to heal absolutely and that's the essence of uh, what we talked about earlier on about mm. you know, like let's say the reckon there's a, a you know like there are certain individuals who have had you know um let's say you know a history of being kind of people pleasers and over kind of you know kind of over performing and very little boundaries so mm. you know there's so much in there absolutely you know and i think I think it takes a really long time for people to get to work out that bit. Um, But, you know, when you're in it and you're ill, you're just trying to work out what can I do to stop this experience from happening? Um, What can I do to stop these symptoms? They're they're either incredibly painful or incredibly overwhelming or incredibly uncomfortable or I, I just can't be myself anymore. I can't. And take a shower without needing to go back and sleep for four hours. I can't chop a carrot anymore because I lose arm strength really. But you know, just bizarre things that we've taken yeah. for granted as adults, we suddenly can't do. And not even taking into account all of the other horrific at times things that can go on as part of that post COVID narrative. So, you know, my Facebook group became a port of call essentially from me to draw in other people that wanted to share ideas and tips and things that they were trying or going to try to help themselves begin that recovery journey. And, you know, we need to connect. We're, we're, we're social creatures. We need to connect. And we were all isolated. You know, my friends couldn't come around. I couldn't have anyone come and hang out with me, you know, other than my kids who were just busy doing their stuff. And my husband, who was busy doing this stuff with the kids that needed to happen. And so, you know, everyone was kind of doing their bit to look after me. But essentially, I spent hours and hours in a dark room in a bed on my own, being very unwell. And I needed to talk about it. Um, And so social media was a really useful portal for that. But I needed to talk about it. So my Facebook group became this beautiful little oasis of people just going hey here's a really nice relaxation or hey here's a nice guided meditation and um and when I was able to I would contribute a little bit of content to it and record a couple of classes and deep breaths you know guided uh, sort of meditations whatever um and essentially it grew and grew and grew um and people started to trust that I had something useful you know because a lot of people and I still see it now and it kind of makes me me laugh a little bit still people are like are you kidding are you telling me you know just breathing and relaxing is going to make me better it's like it's not going to make you worse (laughs) see because Susie you know like we're also entrained in the western medical um approach which is medications and I know I've been a nurse for 30 years I know that world very well and you know, like, again, like, you know, I was on kind of online and again, like, you know, when I learned to kind of get past the kind of symptoms and as I told you, like, I was looking for blood tests and scans and that was my, that was my initial kind of, you know, even though I have a long history of a holistic approach, but when I got past that kind of almost panic of what's wrong with me, I started looking at nutrition and breath work and pacing and um, again, talking to people about, you know, breathe in through your nose uh, because you're breathing in nitric oxide and that Mm -hmm. reduces your stress and boost your immune system and lots of people you know think you're kind of out hugging trees and like making up spells in the full moon it's like no this works guys you know what I mean yeah of course well you know 
one of the things that I love, and I know that you've been aware of the work of Jez Medinger. Jez, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, he he was, he was got sick at the same time as me, and, and he was out there putting his videos out and doing the research and, you know, essentially bringing anything that he could find because he is a natural researcher to the forefront, turning it into a little film, and we'd all kind of watch it. And, you know, after a while I was thinking... I would really like to talk to him because I really want him to know that the stuff that people could be doing right now that's for free, that doesn't involve medication, that's going to help yeah. at least, you know, a percentage of the way with some of some of this for everyone. And I love the fact that, you know, after however many years now it's been that he's made the films, he's now come around to, you know, he interviewed me. He started the program himself that I've been running for quite a while. And he's like, I think this is the piece that I've needed to do, you know, all along. Yeah. Actually look after himself because his recovery has been spent gathering information and making videos and putting himself under a lot of pressure to do so to serve others. You know, and that links back to your piece around you know, the people pleaser, the driver, the, the perfectionist, all of that. How does that, and this yeah. is a question I ask people a lot in my fan program, which is a small kind of, you know, 12 to 14 person group. How does being you impact your recovery? You know, and I get people to look at what personality traits they have and how they're using them to approach their recovery and to approach their relationship with looking after themselves. And a lot of people find guilt comes up. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm feeling really guilty all the time because I can't be me. And so I lie in bed and I'm feeling guilty. Okay, well, that's not helping. Yes. Or I'm trying really hard to keep working. I'm trying really hard on it and I crash and I, I might push through, push exactly through it. Push yeah. through. Well, that's not working. Yeah. Um, and we do have to take a big step back and look at the whole thing and go, what do I need to let go of? even though it may be really painful to do so mm -hmm. in order to put myself at the top of the list of priorities. And Susie, again, and I know from my work in mental health and my own work on my own self, my own journey, like this, this goes back to childhood. Like it's how, it's how we're programmed. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And it's to, again, it's to be able to kind of look to step back and to yeah. look that far back yeah. and you know to join up some of the dots and say okay well I'm you know like maybe what what kind of um environment you know you were in as a kid you know what you were kind of kind of taught about you know being a people pleaser or you know not being kind of you know uh, vocal about your needs so you know it's a it's it, it's it's a big kind of it's like an archaeological dig do you know what I mean it really is and you do have to go back to you know the behavior that you formed to keep you safe and loved as a child so you know yeah. You know, my parents were, were young, youngish when they had us, and I think you know I was a bit of a surprise, and you know there was a lot of tension in the family, and you know I think I basically realized very early on I need to be very nice <laughs> to yeah. everyone. I need to be okay, and I need to be hyper vigilant because you know there's yeah. the stress. My primary caregiver, my mother, was quite stressed all the time, so I needed to be really hyper vigilant around her. And I got sick a lot, you know, and when I got sick, I got my mom's attention and that was nice, you know, she would yeah. come and kind of be kind and sit on my bed and, and bring me things. And, and so it became a pattern and I realized, okay, this is a pattern I need to work on. And I've known that for a long time and I have really unpicked it over the years, but, um, you know, COVID came along as my kind of big test, I would say the biggest test yet, um, according to you know, what levels of background tolerated stress have I had going on in my life that I've just tolerated, that I've, you know, just allowed because it's easier to keep the peace than it is to to do what feels right or to make the changes that feel at times insurmountable. Exactly. And because it's, because it's subconscious, because yeah. again, between the years of zero and seven, yeah. uh, you, you, you know, you adapt to your surroundings. And I, I, I can tell a very similar tale to you about, you know, childhood, you know, young parents, stress, um, yeah. and you're kind of trying to keep, keep the peace you're you're, you're being well behaved you're, yeah. you're you, you become quiet and you want, you just want to please just yeah. to keep, keep the peace. 
Mm. And that, you know, you don't shake that off when you turn yeah. 18. If, if anything, it compounds. And then, you it's know. deeper entrenched. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the choices that you make in life are, are kind of under that umbrella. You know, yeah. oh, that feels normal to me. So I will choose that route. Or, you know, you might. Which has the same level of, of tension in it that as your primary caregiver gave to you. And so, you know, you, you choose things because they feel normal, even if you think, oh, I don't know if it feels good, but it feels normal. <laughs> well, do you know what it is? It feels familiar. And again, um, exactly. research tells us normal. that we, we will go for a relationship or situation that feels familiar and yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Quicker than we'll go for a, a, a situation that's comfortable and unfamiliar exactly exactly it's, it's amazing because like you know like how our brains are wired is that we will keep on going for that unfamiliar or that familiar situation even though it feels uncomfortable it's familiar it's familiar yeah. it feels familiar yes the discomfort feels yeah. familiar and that's right you know and so for me you know one of the things that had been going on for me is you know um i've been in a marriage that probably wasn't serving me in the way that I would like to have thought that, you know, a marriage was going to. Um, and whilst I, you know, love this man, I knew that this relationship had had a chronic level of stress in it for at least a decade. Mm -hmm. um, and there had been, you know, on and off, in and out of therapy, you know, he'd and it had never really resolved. And we, we were there very much because we have two beautiful children. And I knew when I got sick and then got really sick, Susie, you have to say those words. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. And mean it. And it was, it was such a big thing. It was such a massive pattern break for me because I am, as I've already discussed, you know, someone who wants to keep the peace, yeah. who doesn't want to let anyone down, who wants to keep people happy, who wants to keep people having fun and smiling. <laughs> That's yeah. all just be okay. Um, and, you know, it was a pretty shocking thing to do on my sickbed in July 2020 to have that conversation with him, yeah. you know, especially because he was looking after me. But I knew if I don't do this now, I don't know. You know I don't know if I'll get better. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had to do it. There wasn't a choice. It was like, OK, have this conversation. And yes, he was shocked. And yes, it was shocking for us. And, you know, we're only just now at the point where he's bought a house and is a I'm literally about to exchange in the next few days and move out. So we've had a very kind of slow and gentle sort of process of, of having all the, but it has liberated me. And actually one of the things that I've done once that liberation was in place was a recover and then B <clears throat> become a version of myself that I had no idea was even possible. It's yeah. almost like a weight has come off my shoulders that's been there for years you know, and I'm, I turned 50 this year and I feel lighter, brighter, more energetic, more creative, more successful, happier than I've ever been in my life. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Susie, what a journey. Yeah. What an amazing journey. Thank you for sharing that with me. You're and Susie, can it dive in deeper into how you mind others as in you know like i said at the start there you're you're a yoga teacher for over 22 years nlp mm. master practitioner the founder of 360 mind body soul and fern program and 42 bloom mm. like i know in that 360 mind body soul you have that kind of rest repair recover mm. program so could you kind of talk us through a, a little bit more about how that works yeah. and because i and i know like you know with your long covid um journey that you have a kind of a passion for 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 teaching uh these kind of i suppose uh, you know kind of lessons to people with long covid especially yeah yeah so um when when I was able to to kind of get back up and onto the mat again, uh, it, obviously I had set up this online well-being platform, you know, prior to getting super sick. Well, actually, a lot of the work was done in the initial weeks of me being unwell, but I wasn't I wasn't going to let having COVID <laughs> stop me <laughs> until it did, and it really did stop me. Yeah. But um, I decided because there was enough people in the Facebook group that people in the Facebook group. I was like, oh, we have 100 people. This is amazing. 
there's thousands now, which is great. But um, I said, well, why don't we put on a couple of classes just for people who have got that longer recovery journey uh, to do on our own and we're all doing it, you know, in a kind of blind leading the blind way. I knew that the autonomic nervous system was a big player in what was happening for a lot of people. I was really mm -hmm. clear on how it was a big player for me and the autonomic nervous system for those people that don't know is the, the part of the, our nervous system, our central control system that basically controls everything that happens internally on automatic. So yes. you, don't, you don't consciously digest your food, it happens automatically. You don't consciously breathe, although you can consciously breathe. If you're not thinking about it, it happens. Your heart beats without you choosing to beat or not. Yeah. yeah? So it's it's that internal thing. Um, so I knew so many of the people's symptoms were um, being affected by what we now know. And when the autonomic nervous system becomes massively dysregulated by things like a viral attack or and stress, trauma, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I know, you know, that yoga, breathing, calming, relaxing, connecting, all of those, that improved massively. So I thought I'll set up a couple of classes and we'll also have an opportunity to chat because we've all got questions and why not get all together and ask those questions. So, you know, the very first classes, I think maybe. And we were all just asking each other questions then. It was great. <clears throat> Excuse me. And obviously quite a lot of people at the time were working in the NHS who were then in, in my classes because they've been on the front line and, you know, were, were having difficulty recovering. And so we'd yeah. have people sharing information from a medical perspective or, you know, someone who was actually there because they were an expert in X, Y and Z. And they'd say, well, you know, so I've been hearing about this or I've read about those really early on. And then, you know, to add in the stuff that was coming out through, you know, videos that were, were coming up and Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, the guy there, the Pichurino Labs, he was doing some amazing stuff uh, and talking about it um, in the media and that was really helpful. So, and they'd advocated for breath work and gentle movement just to help regulate the body, come back into safety. I mean, it's essentially the work that you would do with someone physically who's had trauma. It's yeah. the same approach. Yeah. And so those two classes started to get really popular. We got more and more people in. And I realized, actually, there's probably more things that we could do. So as more people came in and some more money came in, I don't charge very much, but I wanted to put all of the kind of, you know, the excess from paying the, the teachers into putting on more classes. So I then put on a breathe class. I put on uh, gentle Pilates for people who are getting a little bit more able to move a yoga deep sleep we put on mindfulness classes you know all geared around that same cohort of people who needed to recover from something quite traumatic that had been very disruptive to their systems so yeah. obviously the majority of people that come to us have come to us because of the long covid association but we now get people who've had me who've had just you know general cfs for maybe years people who are post-operative now come as well because the program is really suitable essentially the main cohort is the long covid community and it's a huge program now i've never put the price up but now there's like 14 things on the program that you can access for the price of what is one fairly inexpensive yoga class a week um and we have people all over the world doing it actually people all over the world joining us um so we might get people in canada joining us for the eat my bedtime yoga class but they'll be doing it at lunchtime people in Australia doing the rest repair classes. For us, it's the morning, for them, it's the evening. It's, it's an amazing community of people and we share stories and we share advice and we offer tips and just create a really safe place for people to show up and be acknowledged. You know, first of all, having a bunch of other people say, this is really happening to you because we know because it's happened to us yeah. And you are being absolutely validated. We are not going to tell you, you know, that this is, is it all in your head or it's all anxiety or, you know, surely you should be better by now. Which has happened to oh, lots of people, again, me like and you included, like, yeah. as, you know, like GPs and yeah. different medical people. And yeah. I am a medical person myself, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're kind of going, you know, like, 
you know that whole kind of gaslighting and just not being validated and that's a huge and especially Susie you know someone who has a history of kind of you know low boundaries and kind of people pleasing and if you were being gaslit by your GP that's that's kind of you know like really damaging it's devastating it really is um and then there's also other people that maybe have gone to a potentially well-meaning you know chronic fatigue clinic and have been told well you're never going to get better so let's just work from that point yeah they show up with me and they're like oh my god am I really never going to get better it's like ah just throw that out the window you see they never see the people that get better because they don't go back why would they yeah um but also let's just look at the impact of having that thought in your mind is that helping? How does that feel to have that thought? I'm never going to get better. Oh, and it feels horrible and, and really limiting and, and makes me really depressed. Okay, let's ditch that one then. How about, how about thinking I'm doing everything I can to get better? So my recovery is now an option again. Either yeah. just open that space up mentally. And that's where the NLP comes in and just allowing people to create the right framework to create a body that's open to the idea of recovering you know what we think affects what's happening inside us Absolutely. So if you plan and you find some really limiting beliefs like i've been told i'm never going to get better and that i should do yoga well what you're saying in that sentence is doing the yoga won't help you so why bother yeah so actually people are getting kind of stuck at the first hurdle if they've encountered that kind of message from someone in authority yeah um and, you know, even now when I go, when I went and had my, um, the two nurses there and I got into a bit of a chat about it and they said, um, yeah, but people don't really recover from it, do they? And I was like, wow. I said, yeah, they do. They really do. I said, well, I'm here and I've recovered from it. Well, Susie, it's the whole, and I'm, I, I've been working on this for years as a hypnotherapist, the called placebo effect. Right, yeah. And there's a nocebo effect. Yes. So placebo works on belief. So if I give you, um, you know, a piece of candy and say that's going to make you feel better, yeah. if, you, you, if you believe that's going to make you feel better, it'll make you feel better. Yeah. Now, if I hand you a piece of candy and say that's going to make you feel worse, <laughs> yeah. and you believe that. So if you have a nurse or a doctor or a GP yeah. saying, you know, you're not going to recover from this, the, this is really bad. It's like when someone's taking your blood, your, your blood test and they say, oh, this is just going to hurt a little bit. It's like, it's going to hurt a little bit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So like it, that nocebo effect, and that has a huge effect on people. Mm. It really, really does, which is why, you know, I often get people showing up in our program and they cry. They cry because they're like, wow, you guys are in this just glorious place where you're all really believing that recovery is an option. Yeah. And it's happening. And, you know, they say, oh, my God, I've been out in the dark on my own, believing I'm never going to recover for a year. And this has been going on. Why didn't I know? Yeah. It's OK. You know now. You're here now. And that means you're, you're now and you're, you're, gonna be okay. you're, you're so welcome. And yeah. let's go. Let's go onwards and upwards. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we've had we've had thousands of people come through the program now. And I would say, you know, we get some people who go, no, it's not for me. And it's like, fine, okay, if it's not for you, go find something that is. That's really important. Don't just sit with nothing. Find something that yeah. you can do to give you autonomy in your in your recovery. Don't hand it all to the medical expert and say, get in touch with me when you've done your research and you've got your findings and you've created the wonder drug. Don't Absolutely. And, and Susie, Absolutely. And, and this, I suppose, there is a sea change happening because a lot of people are seeing that, okay, even though they're well-intended, like, you know, GPs, medical doctors, who obviously, you know, do a lot of good work, but, you know, there is no silver bullet. And again, I've had people say to me, you know, like, you know, breathing and like pacing and like, yeah. they're like, no, no, I'll stick with my, with my painkillers and yeah, my sleeping yeah, yeah. tablets yeah. and my, you know, um, neuro neuropathic pain medication. And yeah. it's like, okay well that, that's your choice yeah you know, if that helps you fair enough but i think more people are starting to see that okay those medications can help symptoms but I, like the symptoms it's like an iceberg the symptoms is just are the tip of the iceberg you know like when you look below the surface we're talking about 
as we talked about that autonomic and dysautonomia and you know looking back at your childhood mm -hmm. and just looking at your kind of personality type and again taking a holistic approach it, it, it's a lifestyle approach it really is and you know you have to ask the question why is this happening to me yeah. Um, and obviously no one's going to be able to know the answer to that in the medical world. They'll be able to say, well, this symptom is happening because of this and this symptom yeah. is happening because of this. But they can't tell you all of this is happening to you, possibly because of X, Y and Z. Now, you know, obviously everyone has a completely different uh, set of things that they bring into the arena on this one. And it might be that you have some medical predisposition to it, but you might have, you know, a history of, of something that you've been battling for a really long time. You may have yeah. other conditions that make you more vulnerable. It might just be simply because you're female and you have more likelihood to get a longer recovery journey, maybe because your estrogen levels are dropping. You know, there's just so many what ifs and whys. Yeah. But, you know, I think for a lot of people, and not you have to look at long COVID kids and go, well, they're not managing lifestyle stress, you know, in quite the same way as an adult between the kind of 40s and 55s are. So what's their story? And I think there's something else, you know, obviously going on in that category of, of uh, recoverer, let's say. Um, but for a lot of people, the reason why they've reached their sort of 40s and 50s and this is happening for them is because of stress. Yeah. And that's that stress that's been lifelong. And, you know, the amount of people that I've talked to that have gone, oh, actually, I've, I've, got, I've had a really traumatic event in my past or, you know, there was abuse or I've just, you know, lost a parent or, you know, X, Y and Z. And you kind of go, OK, so your immune system has been primed for this event, essentially by having increased cortisol and, you know, the, the compression, the suppression, should I say, of the immune function because of stress. Yeah. Um, and suddenly something like this virus, and this is not your average virus, I think it's really clear to say, this comes along and creates havoc in what is a beautiful yeah. backdrop. Yeah for the storm yes. in and, and it's like the part, yeah exactly it's the kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back exactly yeah exactly yeah. um and you know i definitely think that that was true for me um and we, so i spent most of my childhood and my youth getting sick i was the kid that got sick um i was always getting tonsillitis i was always getting a chest infection even as an adult, you know, oh yeah, I've got tracheitis. Oh, I've got strep A. Oh, it's turned into scarlet fever. You know, I, I if I do something pretty dramatic with it. And yet, since clearing the decks of my emotional baggage, should we say, mm -hmm. I haven't been sick with a thing like that since, other than having COVID again in the summer last year. And I was fine. I got sick. I was, you know, probably in bed for about seven days, felt a bit rough for about two weeks and was back at work, having taken my time gently to recover and not rush back. Yeah. And I was going, okay, look, no, I'm great. I'm done. I've done it, you know, and I haven't caught anything that, you know, my daughter had Give that to me. I didn't catch it. It was, I just feel like so much of everything that I'm talking about, thinking about, learning about, you know, uh, bringing to my classes, bringing to the group, is paying off for me personally, which of that work. I don't think we can do enough promoting of the idea of looking after yourself, being more than just taking a glass of wine or three on a Friday and putting your feet up in front of the telly, actually really understanding what it means to look after yourself and bring exactly. mind and body system into a calmer or relaxed state daily if you can uh, absolutely and susie like a, a big mantra i have is the ultimate in self-care uh, is boundaries yes. so you talked about it there about your relationship and mm. i know i've you know like i've looked at my relationship i've looked at my relationships like friends family and i've seen lots of lots of areas where i wasn't being authentic i wasn't yeah. being true to myself i was kind of you know let's say again trying to please and you know hold on to friendships and relationships that weren't serving me so mm -hmm. 
it, you have to kind of, you know, do a full kind of 360. And I love your that 360 mind, body, soul. Mm. You have to do a full 360, um, you know, and really do a kind of a helicopter view yeah. of your life. You know, that kind of I helicopter call it like view. a systems of. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go ahead and go, okay, and look, the old operating system. Let's bring in the new yeah. updated one. <laughs> Yeah, and you have to look at everything because you know yourself, a, a, a toxic relationship, a toxic friendship is so draining. It's yeah. it's so it's like walking around with a pocket full of radioactive material in your, you know, like, yeah. you know, and you, if you, and again, if it's familiar, you know, if it's a long standing relationship, if it's a family member, you know, you just want to keep the peace. It's yeah. familiar. It might be uncomfortable, but it's familiar. It's yeah. familiar. And it's like, no. Like, again, it's just to kind of take a, a, a look at, at kind of, you know, relationships and where you need to be more authentic and where you need to have better boundaries. And yeah. that's the ultimate self-care. And like that, again, people, when they're, you know, looking for answers and looking for medications and tablets and silver silver bullets, it's, you know, like you have to kind of go that bit deeper. That You have to yeah. dig that bit deeper on that yeah. archaeological dig. Which isn't easy, but it's so, um, it, you know, it's so liberating. Well, I can remember there was a point in my recovery where I was listening to a podcast by a brilliant woman called Nicole Sachs, who does um, the kind of, she does a podcast series called The Cure for Chronic Pain. And her whole take on recovery is around the idea that you have to heal everything. Mm -hmm. And I kind of switched off at that point because I'd heard enough. It was like, you do. You really do. You have to heal everything. And I knew I couldn't, I, was, I wasn't here just to heal the pain in my lungs. I wasn't here just to heal my regular heartbeat or the bruising in my hands or, you know, my hair the loss. Dominia, or you right. Were, I was here yeah. to heal everything, everything that I everything. had left under the rug for my entire life. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to get stuck in. Um, and that's what I did. And yeah, it's been it's been a really crazy couple of years. You know, I, in one year alone, I set up three limited companies and left my husband, you know, there was, there's a lot in that, you know, I know I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot that I've taken on and, you know, particularly last year was sort of moving towards, I think the change for me, you know, I've, I've described it to my friends as a bit like having a pregnancy that then went into labor, that then went into pushing, that then has resulted in a birth. And, you know, all of the pain and kind of the pushing <laughs> was last year when we would kind of make a bit of change and then stop because it was really painful and then make a bit more change and stop because it was really painful. You know, all, all of that was going on in the background of me running what has become an incredibly successful business that now, you know, people refer to, you know, the NHS refer me, their staff, uh, with long COVID, the many long COVID clinics refer me as an option for people when they can't get access to ongoing support because our program operates five days a week, you know, most weeks of the year. That's unavailable elsewhere. It's just not possible for the NHS to offer anything like that. The cost would be, you know, would be phenomenal. So, and the cost for us is, you know, we keep it really low cost because we want people who are unwell to recover and money should never, ever be a barrier to that um but yeah the last year was was really hard and i feel like i've i've kind of come into 2023 and i'm i'm kind of standing on the top of the mountain going i made it wow okay. absolutely yeah. it's, it's exciting it's an exciting year now absolutely well susie thank you so much for sharing that with me again about all the amazing work that you do and you know like um I'll, 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 we'll talk about your website and stuff at the end but for now you know and I know we've touched on a lot of this you know in the conversation but mm -hmm. can you tell me now how you mind you well yes I really I had to mind myself a lot last year with everything that I was just talking about my mental health took a toll or took the toll of um, a lot of what was going on and I sort of got to the point around my birthday in May where I knew not coping it's not coping with all of the the good stuff which was amazing but then all of the stuff that was the change and the massive life upheaval that was going on for me and the pattern breaking and the letting people down and the having the conversations that were the most difficult ones that you know no one ever wants to have and I was kind of going through all of that 
And my mental health really did take a deep dive for a while, but I was kind of conscious of it. And I knew that I needed to take some time off. So that was the first thing I did. I just kind of disappeared for a little bit from the program um, and would just touch my toe in the water a tiny bit. But the thing that I really make sure I do now, and this is especially works like I do online, you, you can often have days where you don't leave the house. <laughs> Yeah. And so I realized I'd got into a bit of a kind of a funk with that one. So I now I have a dog and, you know, beach about three or four times a week and it's my time and it's phone free time. And, you know, I just walk and uh, it's space for me and my head is always so busy. I have a very, very active mind, you know, as, as someone that sets up three businesses might do. Yeah. very busy you know and I'm there's always ideas and there's always conversations in my head and I just need to walk that person I need to walk her and her brain along the beach with the dog and just be in the moment and I go to a little cafe and I always get the same coffee and I'll give the guy who sleeps rough underneath the you know the shelter there a coffee and you know Dang. And I'm really, really noticing the benefit of that. I need time and space. And, you know, I've managed to make it so that I have a team of people that can support the running of the businesses now. So that, you know, because there was a point where I was being tech help, you know, uh, the person that helped people sign in, the kind of, you know, that I can't, my card hasn't, my card payment hasn't gone through. Can you help with that? As well as being the person delivering the courses and creating the new course content and bringing in the teachers. <laughs> yeah here we are and now i just do the pieces that are mine to deliver and you know which allows me to walk along the beach without all of that worry on my shoulders and i just yeah. and kind of i earth myself you know I, I get out in nature and i think we all know that getting out in nature is one of the most healing things for our, for our mental health and well-being and i knew that i just wasn't doing it enough and so now it's irrespective of the weather, I am out there, you know, come rain or shine, come hail or snow, I'm out there with the dog just going, okay, here I am doing, doing me, taking care of me, giving, giving myself space. And that's been an absolute lifesaver. It's been a beautiful thing to really focus on this year. And I'm, and I'm really, really, really noticing the benefits. So yes, that, that key for me is now a non-negotiable which is wonderful absolutely because as we know you cannot pour from an empty cup oh, and again you know looking back into let's say maybe the profile of some people that get long covid it's that kind of giving that kind of hyper yeah, hyper hyper agreeable kind of givers kind of doormats um low boundaries which mm-hmm. Again, you're kind of doing it to kind of, you know, to help people and to kind of, you know, be kind of, you know, let's say accommodating, but, you know, what toll is it taking on you? So, again, yeah. it's it's kind of, you know, boundaries and self-care and filling up your own cup all the way. Yeah. But Susie, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And mm-hmm. where can people find you? So it's very easy to find me. Just uh, the simplest way is just put Susie Bolt into uh, Google and I'm pretty much everyone that comes up. There isn't another one. I'm one of those rare names. You're one You're one of a kind. I am. I was really pleased that Usain Bolt called his children Lightning and not Susie because that, <laughs> that would have been really annoying. Um, but so... And then you can look up the 360 Mind, Body, Soul... Uh, on that which is our recovery program that i've been talking about and then we've got the fernprogram.co.uk and that's the kind of smaller group where you get nlp coaching as a part of that piece along with body and breath work and the 42 bloom i'm not the only founder of that one so i'll just tell you a piece about that it is myself and then consultant cardiologist dr boone lim who's a specialist in dysautonomia but a very spiritual beautiful person and mm-hmm. um also a colleague He's a consultant, sort of general physician specialist in older people's medicine. And those two work with me on putting together events, workshops, educational experiences for people to really get the perspective, the, the kind of the 360 perspective from the medical side, as well as from, you know, what we could jokingly call the woo-woo side, you know, the mind-body. The medicine that we can do ourselves. So the three of us, 
the three of us work together to help people go, okay, so there is science in this as well. It's not just me saying, you'll feel nice. <laughs> yeah, go hug a tree, guys. <laughs> so it's, you know, so those three, us three, we, we work together. And, and actually we have a workshop at some point on, you know, we, we like to do deep dives on the why around this piece as well. So we're going to be looking at um, joint hypermobility and Ehlers-Danlos next and that connection into uh, the long COVID puzzle for people. So, you know, this we're just learning all the time, as I'm sure you are. We're just kind of experiencing more and more pieces of the puzzle, the big jigsaw puzzle falling into place and going, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And uh, that's a great analogy of, you know, just getting different pieces of the puzzle mm. and kind of, you know, again, if you were taking that helicopter view, it helps too, because, you know, if you're trying to do a puzzle with your nose up to it, you, you can't see it. Yeah. So if you do the helicopter 360 and you go, okay, right, that bit here, yeah, that bit yeah. there. You don't have to fit Absolutely. them all together right now, but just keep them all on the same tray. <laughs> exactly. Well, Susie, thank you so much. And again, like I'll put a link to your website on this podcast. And look, like I have to thank you personally because you have been a big part of my jigsaw puzzle and oh. um, just the work that you've done with, uh, with especially with Jez Medinger um, oh. and you know the, the conversations that you, you've had with him and just all the amazing resources on your website and just yeah. your energy that kind of that bolt of energy that you bring to everything that you do is beautiful it's amazing so yeah. look at like thank you so much for being so kind and so generous and so honest with me today and telling me you know how, how you mind others and how you mind you and best of luck with everything that you do in the future you're welcome thanks so much brian take care bye thank you so much for listening to mind you and i hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care please like subscribe and follow mind you podcast wherever you listen to it and please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and mind you at brianbarneswellbeing.com.